I don't know. For everyone that doesn't know, this is, is Kana, right? That's how you say your last name? Madison Kana? Yeah. Uh, Kana. 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 Okay. Well, can I get that correct? So, Madison Kana, uh, <laughs> you're on Twitter. I see you all the time on there. You make, or yeah. you used to make YouTube videos. I haven't seen anything new for about a year. Am I correct on that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't made them in a while, but I've been like kind of blogging and I recently started streaming yep. a bunch because of you. Like I literally, I found you. Um, I started watching your content. It's really weird to be on your stream because I'm always just in the chat talking. And then now I'm on your stream. It's really weird. Um, but okay. like I found you and I literally didn't have a Twitch account until you. Like you're the reason I created a Twitch account and started streaming. Dang. So, well, yeah. Well, I'm just oh going to make goodness. you feel super awkward by all the flattery, and then it's going to be a really don't awkward do it. interview. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it here. <laughs> but, I got yeah. to inform the Discord really quickly. I'm trying to get back into creating more videos, but I, it's, a, it's a balance between, like, I need to actually do more programming and become a better programmer rather than creating content. So I think Twitch is going to be the fun medium of, like, building stuff on stream where you're actually building things rather than like creating tutorials i don't know i love that okay tell tell me more yeah. about that because that that was like a super insightful thing especially with mm -hmm. uh just uh, twitter all of twitter right now and all that like that was actually a really astute thing so tell me a little bit more about yeah. that how do you know so, you're good enough like kind of walk us through that how do I, how do you know you're a good enough programmer no how, well i mean because you've gatekeeped yourself you effectively said i'm not going to keep on doing this youtube stuff because i feel like i need to achieve yeah. this but Twitch is a great outlet just to fail as I do live all the time, right? So how, how are you making that balance? Um, well, I only just started, but I'm thinking just doing, like being on stream and failing and just like building stuff. So far, it's been amazing because so many people have helped me out, uh, which is incredible. It's basically like free mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I think being on Twitch is better because I was on tech Twitter a lot. It's like my main community, like a lot of people are. And I think tech Twitter has a lot of people who were just talking about programming and they're never actually programming. But Twitch is full of people who are actually coding and talking about it far less. They're actually out here building things. Um, so, I mean, I have all sorts of rants about tech Twitter, which is separate. Yep. Um, but I found Twitch recently and I really like fell in love with it because there's people like you on here, like building things, like you love coding, you love building. And it's just so different from tech Twitter, which is very much like virtue signaling and people yelling at each other uh yeah that's my twitter hot take but uh twitter has a lot of people who are who are very anti-builder and they're all about just the virtue signaling and twitch is like uh the antithesis of that like it's the it's the opposite essentially and so i feel like it's actually reinvigorated my coding a lot in the last month it's made me more excited because if you're on tech twitter for too long you just like i don't want to i don't want to do yeah. this <laughs> it is yeah tech twitter is is very very tough place to enjoy i find uh, i have found that i i can't really look at twitter anymore because if i look like i just feel like my anxiety go up because it's just you know 10 threads something about javascript it just keeps it just is all the same stuff over and over again and i'm just like holy cow i can't even i i, I only like to follow people now that meme i just like i'm yeah. starting to like unfollow i'm just like dude just give me something good either give me something that's like useful or really cool like a new library new whatever i'm always fine with that or just yeah. meme because I can't do anything else anymore. Like it's just, I can't, I'm dying out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twitter is super inauthentic. Yeah. And you're like a lot of things, but you're very authentic for oh. one thing, which I like. Okay. Enough with the compliments. Okay. I'm here I to know, compliment I'm, you. Come on. Yeah. I'll stop. I can, I can have some insults if you want. Yes. Let's start with the insults. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to that. You can have the beauty, which I clearly don't have that. I mean, that felt <laughs> yeah. a little bit more home for me. All right. Exactly. All right. Awesome. Uh, so, 
So this whole YouTube thing, how do you know that you're good enough to do YouTube? Because you kind of just said that you kind of want to back away from that and you really yeah. want to focus on the coding. Like, how do you make that jump? When do you think you have the skills to make a YouTube video? Um, I mean, I think anyone can, right? So I feel like there's a lot of people on YouTube, maybe including me, that didn't have the skills to make a YouTube video. But if you learn something, if you learn something, you can just immediately go and teach it. And that is a great thing to do. It's amazing. I've learned from so many YouTubers, but then there's also the downside because I've definitely learned incorrect information or I've put like incorrect information out there mm -hmm. about programming. So I don't know, it, it's tough, but I definitely had times where I just realized that I was, I was blogging or doing tutorials, but I needed to like actually build stuff more. Like I needed to go in my advanced knowledge way more. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't doing that. And so it's like a scary thing to admit, but you've got to like, you know, put in the work. Mm -hmm. So I think tech Twitter kind of incentivizes you to do like quicker tutorials or tweets, like low effort things that get attention rather than like, you know, going and building some advanced app. It's like not a very sexy thing to tweet about. So I think yeah. you just have to be aware of that, like as a programmer, depending if you're on Twitter way too much, like I am. So yeah. So what, what so are you, the question? What are you learning right now? What are you kind of pushing into deeper? What is your, what is your goals right now? Especially with when it comes to Twitch. Uh, yeah, my, so my goals right now, first and foremost, like I work my job and I worked mostly in React, but I took this new job like about 10 months ago and I realized that there's a lot of backend stuff that I just don't know. Like I was very much in the front end and you've talked about this before, just becoming better, a better backend developer will make me a better front end developer. Uh, and so right now I'm really just focused on like trying to build like full stack, really just like using next right now, getting more of my TypeScript skills, uh, like shoring up that stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more languages, but I'm not 100% on TypeScript, so I okay. feel like I need to be doing more. Yeah, so basically full stack TypeScript. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so, so you're saying, so why, why wouldn't you want to branch out to some other languages versus just wanting to master one? What's, what's your kind of motivation there? Because I feel like it's so embarrassing to admit. I feel like I haven't mastered TypeScript enough to move on to another language at this point. Like I follow your like rest streams and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I want to get into that. But I feel like I haven't deeply like mastered the front end enough. And I don't know mm -hmm. all of the like niche things about it. So I feel like, no, like I need to just build more projects in TypeScript. And then maybe in like a year, I can move on to other things because I don't know, maybe that's a bit of imposter syndrome, but like, so how did, how did you know, like you learned one language I'm assuming first, and then how did you know, like, I feel confident enough in this to actually go to another language because I don't want to be a master of none. I don't want to be a master of none. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I get that. That's a it's a hard thing, right? Because there's a lot of interesting things, right? Everyone's saying I should do Zig. I'm sure you'll see Zig at any moment within the chat being like, oh, Zig's the greatest language ever. Uh, but how do, how do you know when to move on? Um, yeah. My general rule of thumb is that when it comes to exploratory stuff, stuff I want to get better at. I don't have mm -hmm. any rules. I just simply want to see something different than what I normally see, right? There's, so there's kind of two okay. modes of operation. And so that's why I started doing Rust is because Rust is vastly different from other languages that I'm used to. And so by just doing something completely different, when I go back to TypeScript and stuff, I go, oh, I wish I could use this. Oh, how can I solve a problem differently? And it kind of changes how you look at things a little bit or gives you a wider breath and so i don't necessarily have those same okay. type of goals where i want to master something before moving on it's more like mm -hmm. i want to see as many things as i can and right now okay. i'm kind of getting into this whole mastering rust business but it wasn't originally like that i want to master Rust because i just want to be okay. better at it and maybe yeah. one day i can somehow convince netflix to let me write rust full time <laughs> that's 
my only goal. Is that the goal? So you're learning Rust because of WebAssembly, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I am. And then, because you think it's the future and you think it's a good investment. I think it's a really good investment. Yeah. I work on an embedded platform. And so we have a JavaScript mm -hmm. engine on the embedded platform. Uh, we tried Lua. Lua just wasn't fast enough. And it's like a really big app. And so it just wouldn't work well with Lua. Someone else suggested MicroPython. We never tried that one out. Maybe it would have been good. But for the most part, we use V8 and JavaScript. And V8 comes with a Wasm engine. And mm -hmm. when you're on an embedded environment, you have very little memory, right? We can't exceed... 150 megabytes or else we explode whereas in a browser you open up your tabs and there's you know gigabytes of information so it's very it's a different kind of feel different kind of constraint and so i think it's very good for the dynamic <laughs> embedded environment yeah so okay yeah that makes sense yeah i mean maybe i don't need to master it maybe i should just branch out more i have had the problem of like i was in react for so long that i feel like i think in react and then you go to another language and you i you feel less like a general engineer and more like you were only thinking in this one kind of yeah. like library. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a problem I've seen other engineers have too, where you do this one thing for a while and then you go into something else and you kind of realize like, oh, I don't really have the general skills to hop between languages yeah. much. So when it comes yeah. to Twitter, you obviously, it's just like, really, it's just all React and TypeScript at this current moment. How did you kind mm -hmm. of come to that conclusion? Like, hey, I actually want to do something different. Because if you only exist in the Twitter sphere, it kind of makes yeah. it seem like there's really only one thing any developer should do. Like, when was TypeScript, the moment? basically. JavaScript. Yeah. yeah, when was the it moment was probably, you decided to jump? Um, I don't want to compliment you more, but I feel like it was watching this stream, and I had no idea what you were doing. Like, most of the time, I still watch, and you're going so fast that I'm not sure. Um, but then, like, learning about Rust and, and, like, realizing there are these other languages. And then people also start to say that other languages can be more performant. Like, JavaScript has its flaws. And I didn't think that because I think when you get started in JavaScript, you there's a lot of different issues with it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then, but you think that's just you, like a bad developer. I think in the beginning, rather than like um, that, there's different flaws in the language. I guess like there's just lots of different parts of it. TypeScript, it's evolved over the years, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so you've been you've been at this new job. You're starting to do some backend. So are you actually trying to make a transition into the backend of the world, or are you just more wanting to see what it's like and then go back to the front end? I think I went to eventually, yeah. But I don't know. I think a lot of people get started with front end first because it's like I don't know what it is about it. It's um, what do you call front end developers? Uh, soy developers. So yeah, soy devs. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Soy devs. Yeah, I think it's like an easier entry point. Okay. Um, but I think I went to eventually, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Right now, I'm just trying to, like, get better. Yeah. No, that, that's good. So let's, yeah. let's kind of, uh, let's, let's, let's take a step back because you have a very interesting entrance into coding. And I think a lot of people here, I actually do want to run a quick poll just to see what people's general, general item is, because this would be neat, is how many people graduated from university and then went into the jobs versus going some other, you know, less traditional route. Uh, route to employment. Let's see, college or uh, self-taught. I feel like it's got to be the vast, my bet is, I'm not going to put money on this, but my bet is like the vast majority have got to be self-taught. I could be wrong. Okay, so originally I would think that the vast majority would be uh, CS grads, but I, I start, I'm starting to think that that's not oh. the, and not, finish, not mm -hmm. finishing college counts, right? If you, you know, like, what is your path to employment? Because that's, that's a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, and if you drop out... Oh, do you mean my path or just in general? Just in general, just kind of given the... Uh, yeah, 
in general, if you drop out, you would definitely be on the path to self-taught. I would throw that out there as. Yeah. Wait, where is the poll? Is it in the chat? It's in the chat. You have to click the little drop down. Right now, we're actually at almost 50-50. Okay. For, wow. Yeah. I can't even follow the chat because it's so, like, so fast. I don't know how you do it. You just, you just <laughs> misread everything. That's actually the secret to being good at it is that you don't actually read it and you just insert what you think people should be saying. Right? Yeah. You know, I just feel like that's the best way. Like this like person, yeah. he was born in the 80s. 80s is awesome. That's right, Armadillo. I didn't even, you know, just, <laughs> just saw 80s. All right, so 97 people voted that they went to college. 95 said self-taught. Seven went to boot camp. So boot camp's actually surprisingly low. I figured boot camp would be higher, but maybe not. I would think boot camp would be like the number one, but. All right, so you have obviously a different past than say the 97 people who went to college. You want to kind of yeah. give like a, a little retelling of it all? Yeah, so I... I was in college really briefly and I dropped out because I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And I felt like I wasn't really learning a bunch of real world skills and I didn't want to keep spending like a bunch of money. I was very afraid of like ending up in a bunch of debt for some degree. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I dropped out and I spent a few years like trying to figure out like, what do I actually want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And then uh, my older sister had gone to a boot camp back in like 2012, like back when there was very few boot camps. Yeah. And I went to visit her in San Francisco and she was working uh, for a tech company and she was showing me programming. And so like, once I found it, I was just like, Oh hell yeah, I'm going to do this. Then I basically like locked myself in my parents' room for like a year. And then I eventually got a job, which was super hard to do, but that was basically like how I got into it. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that job thing. How did you sell somebody? Because obviously being self-taught, you have no college degree. Uh, you're, you're having to convince somebody that they should pay you, you know, pretty epic amounts of money. And take a risk on you. So how did you how yeah. did you convince them of that? Yeah, I think that's hard, right? Because if you have a computer science degree but no experience, it's like you have this at least bare signal of like, mm -hmm. okay, I've been at least vetted, I have some skill, and that's at least something. But like when you're self-taught, what do you have? I did yeah. something that um is very controversial, actually. Like people have gotten so mad at me on Twitter for this. Uh, but I basically, like, I was looking at the landscape and I was like, okay, it's going to be really hard for me to get a first job. Like, I have a decent portfolio. Like, I have zero experience. Like, when you say it's portfolio, really can you describe that? What's a, what's a portfolio? A bunch of projects that I, like, scrapped together that I hoped okay. looked okay, basically. Um, but what I did was I pitched, like, five or six um, remote startups and I emailed them and I said, like, here are my skills, here's my portfolio. And I said, I will work for you for free for, like, two and a half months. Um, and if you like my developer skills, then we can talk about some sort of like part-time job. Uh, and if you don't, then like cut me loose. I said it in a much more like eloquent, positive way. Than yeah, that. yeah. But I, I, I emailed five or six of them. So I basically did free work to get some experience. But people get so mad at me for saying this because they're like, you're very yeah. privileged to be able to work for free, which is true. But I was like living at home. I had some of my college money. I had very low expenses. Uh, so it was like for three months. So I got this company city builder and i worked for them for free for like a couple months and then they hired me part-time after that and then once i was like a year in with that year of experience then it's way easier to get a job but yeah it's quite it's quite a spicy take but i wanted to come on and say all my you know cancelable takes yeah but that I, I mean personally i think that that's just super creative right you know that it's a huge hurdle so how can you yeah. make it you know palatable to companies and so you went to six six of these companies how many of them said yes or how many of them allowed you to at least come in for an interview? What was that like? Because that's a, you I think know, only two tough. of them ever even wrote back to me because I was like cold emailing. Yeah. Uh, so two of them got back to me. 
And then one of them, I went through the interview and then this the final one, City Builder, they were like, yes, we'll take you on, um, which was amazing of them because I really didn't have like much, like much yeah. to show. It was like, they were taking a chance on me. Yeah. Yeah. And people get very angry about this, but it's just so competitive to get a job that I felt like that was the only way I could. Yeah. That first job is really, really, really hard to get. Uh, it's really, really hard to get. Even as a college student, I, you know, I got said no to by quite a few jobs uh, before I got my first one. And, you know, it's not easy for anybody. But, you know, yeah. that door is a lot more open for someone that says, I've been doing this for four years. Here's proof, right? And so you got in, yeah, you got totally. in, you said City Builders? Yeah. Was that the name? Um, City Builder, yeah. Okay. This was like forever ago now, three, or four, three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and I think the biggest thing is like the, when you're self-taught, you don't have some of the CS background, but there's so many good ways to like learn it now. I actually went to a school, we were talking earlier about you doing your master's. Um, I went to a school uh, called Bradfield and they're basically like a night school for self-taught developers who want to learn computer science. I only went for about six months, like two years ago, because I found it really, really hard to be like working my job. And then every night I would be like in their SF office taking the classes. Um, but that was really helpful too. Dang. Okay. So you're going like the Arnold approach, right? Arnold was working construction, <laughs> going to acting Who's classes. Arnold? Arnold, uh, Arnold. Okay. His name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. You may have heard of him. Very, oh, very famous man. Uh, governor, I believe at one time. Oh yeah, I've done a lot of steroids. I don't know if you can tell. Honestly. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, but he, he, he would say that, um, you know, you get 18 hours a day to work. And then someone of course in the audience was just like 18. He's like, yeah, sleep faster. But he would go to school for four hours a day for acting while working yeah. full time while still doing four hours a day of, you know, lifting all that. Like, it, I, I, that is very commendable to be able to recognize where you're at and put in like that. That's not easy effort. You know, going to, you know, tutoring school beyond just your job. That's really hard. And that had yeah, to be pretty tough. exhausting. So you did that for a year. Yeah. Did you start getting near a burnout phase where you feeling like you couldn't do it anymore? Yeah, I definitely did. I would like come home in my clothes and like fully pass out in, in the nighttime because I'd just be so tired. And then you have like your weekend homework and stuff like that. So I definitely took a break from there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you, <laughs> did you take a break from working full time at some point as well? Or did you kind of push through the exhaustion and just keep going? Uh, no, I never have. Yeah. Okay. I haven't right. taken a break since I started. That sounds good though. Yeah, I know. I keep saying that I'm going to do that one day, but I don't you know ever, you say you've never taken a break. Well, like uh, with our last kid, uh, Netflix gives a very generous uh, paternity policy. So with our last kid, I took six months off. But then, of course, I prepared, you know, two courses for front end masters and streamed a bunch. So it's like <laughs> it's very hard for me to take any actual time off, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I always want to do something. I, I just have it in me to do stuff. Um, all yeah. right. So. Yeah, after you got that first job, you you wrote in, you worked for free, which had to be kind of demotivating or hard at least, but maybe you're excited for it. Um, you then were there for a year, you got part-time, and then you made the jump. Yeah. How was making the jump with that kind of resume? Uh, was it hard being part-time? Were you still part-time by the time you tried to make a jump? I eventually, they eventually put me to full-time. Okay. Uh, I think that was after a year. And I, I kind of regret leaving that job actually, because there was the, the CTO was like mentoring me and he was a really, really smart guy. And I kind of thought since that was my first job, I kind of thought that'll be all my jobs. Like you'll get this really good mentorship and someone will be pinging you every day. Like, let's look through the code together, all excited. And I went to my next job and I quickly realized that that's not really the case. So yeah. I almost regret leaving. Um, but I was, I was full time by the time I left. And then 
after that first experience, it was so much easier. And I think, so I don't know, it's tricky because I don't want to encourage people to work for free because everyone just yells at me. <laughs> uh, and it's, I know it's, it's, it's a, a hard pick. thing I'll, to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to go work for free. It sounds like I'm trying to exploit everyone according to Twitter. Yep. Uh, but my, my brain is fried by like the Twitter view of things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but by the time I went for that like second job after that year, it was so much easier. Like I got a lot more bites. Like I had more recruiters reaching out to me. It's mm-hmm. just like you have to get some sort of experience. Yeah, it seems like to make it a little easier on yourself. So, so, so just for the people at home, because there's a lot of people I know that are still looking for jobs right now. Uh, I've seen it a bunch in the Discord or on Twitter or in Twitch. Uh, how do you know that you should take more drastic measures, such as offering to work for free? Like, what what is that line that you you kind of crossed where you said this is the way to do it, and this is how I'm going to achieve it? Um, so I remember I was applying for a while and I was getting like nothing, no traction was happening. And this could have just been like, maybe my portfolio wasn't very good. Maybe it wasn't connected, but I was really fed up on waiting. And I just wanted to like dive in because I could have studied for like another year, but I think the best way to learn is you throw yourself into the deep end and you like wake up with tickets that you don't know how to solve. And so I, I feel like I just knew I needed something like nothing was happening so yeah I don't know, maybe if it's the point when there's just like no traction at all is the point when you think like i need to do something drastic here uh to to change things but i mean other people might have better luck than me <laughs> yeah no i mean but that but that makes a lot of sense right because if you would have kept sending out resumes hoping that you're going to get something two and a half months could have gladly come and gone and you would have still had nothing yeah. or you could it's a pretty short time yeah at least you yeah, could get like, something on the LinkedIn, on your resume. Hey, I'm working really, you know, a real job here. And other people don't have to yeah. know you weren't paid, right? You could sell it yeah, as, hey, exactly. I work there, right? Yeah, I never told anyone that I wasn't paid. And then how did, someone said, how do you legally work for free? You can just do like a free internship. I think people do them all the time. Like, aren't most internships free? In all other fields, like but computer science is, uh, is, for, is pretty much free. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, computer science is one of the yeah. few that people pay way too much for internships. <laughs> I didn't know that. If you think about it, though, someone was mentoring me at the company all the time. So it was almost like he was giving me free mentorship. Like I almost would have paid for mm-hmm. that type of like a really good engineer to help me out because that's kind of hard to find. Like you have boot camps, but a lot of those boot camps are just like a TA who's only been coding a few more years than you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and their motivations to get you out, get you working, get some sort of payoff from it, uh, depending yeah. on how the boot camp structure. So. Uh, so at the second job, you didn't have the mentor. Like, how do you feel? What, what did that do to you? How did that kind of change your, like your trajectory? Do you feel yeah. like that you went out and sought mentors? Do you just, did you just sit there and wait for something to happen again? What was your next steps? I was, I was pretty lost in my second job because I quickly realized that I hadn't prepared myself at all. Maybe everyone feels like this, but mm-hmm. I quickly realized like, oh my God, I'm so in over my head. And I just figured I got to try to learn everything I can on the weekends now. Um, which I know is like another bad opinion on Twitter, like the debate of <laughs> should we should we code on the weekends or not? But I yeah. quickly realized like in this job, I need to be learning all the weekends all the time. So it was a bit demotivating to like realize that I had left a really good job. But like it was my first experience and I just thought, oh, every job has this great mentor. Um, but that's just not not true. So yeah, just a lot of like weekends and kind of like giving up my social life. I, st- I still don't have a huge social life. But yeah. I want to like stream on Twitch now as my weekend social life. It's so much fun here. Boom. That's awesome. I don't know if I answered the question. By the way, you did get a judo approval. Uh, <laughs> judo, uh, Mr. CEO, 
Mr. CEO guy, uh, Mr. Manager, he he does approve a very base take. So you got the you got the plus one there. Uh, <laughs> but so anyways, exciting. So when you when you went to this next job, did you kind of were you kind of filled with anxiety? Did you want to go back to your previous one? Or uh, rephrasing that question in a sense, how did you yeah. push through doing something difficult where the past was really comfortable and the future feels so uncertain? Like how did you kind of navigate that? Because that's it's a yeah. hard one to do. <laughs> I don't know, a lot of like stress and a lot of just like giving up a lot of other things in my life, like figuring out I really need to study way more if I want to keep this job. And so it was just a lot of cutting out a bunch of things. I think that's the only way you can handle it. Like you either like sink or swim. So I was pretty much just like, okay, I need to stop doing this and this and this. Uh, I need to wake up early every day. Uh, Just like try to push through it. But I had a lot of like really bad imposter syndrome and like I think just all the usual things. Do you think all yeah. that self-pushing through, let's, let's just run two scenarios. Let's say you jump to that new job. There's another person there mm-hmm. that mentored you and it was a lot easier. Like you didn't take maybe nearly as many weekends. You had a better social life and all that. Do you think that your yeah. imposter syndrome would last a lot longer or be higher in magnification? Do you think that doing all this by yourself made it easier to kind of become your own person in some sense? Yeah, I definitely think that. Yeah. And I'm glad that I did. And this job that I have now actually Um, I've been here for like 10 months and I took this job and I realized there was a bunch of new things that I was going to be really uncomfortable with. And I was like, okay, I have to take this job for this reason. Like at my old job, I was an awesome uh, password manager, company keeper security. I was there for like two years and I was getting really, really comfortable and I was kind of in a rut. Um, So I was talking to my friend. um, I was actually talking to Jay Phelps about this. And he was saying like, you got to take the job that's going to push you into being more uncomfortable, uh, even though it is going to be like, again, like maybe more weekends working and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely like glad I did it. Base glad take, I didn't more comfy job. Good job, Jay. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like it. It was very helpful because I was like, I'm just going to stay in my comfy old job. Like I get paid good. I'm happy here. I have time to do random stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was like, you, you probably should not stay there. Like if you're feeling comfortable after two years, it's probably time to move on. Mm-hmm. I'm super glad I did. That's awesome. So now you've been there for 10 months. Uh, how long do you th- like... Because obviously you've, you've changed jobs a few times. Uh, how do you know when you should stay yeah. at a job then for a while? Like, because like obviously there's always comfortable spots, right? There's always going to be some yeah. level of comfort from time to time. When to jump? Well, I de- the one thing I know so far is like if you are feeling super comfortable and you can't find an opportunity to like maybe you change teams, maybe you find something else. That's, that's the only thing I know. I'm not sure. Like, I'm curious your thoughts on that. Right now I'm learning a ton. And so I feel like, yeah, it's when... I guess when you get bored and you can't fix it or change it. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? I think there's, there's several, several life seasons, if you will. Uh, you know, I think my answer has greatly changed over the last decade. Uh, when I was in a position where, you know, I was living the sink or the dink life, uh, you know, I would have been more pushing towards challenge, pushing towards uh, greater risk. Now, as I have kids, like the, the, the desire for risk it's still there, but it's definitely changed a lot, right? Like right now I'm in a good spot where I have to go, okay, I can go and spend two to three hours a day, every day with my kids, with my wife as a family and do that every single day. Or I can go yeah. join a startup, right? Like I have to make a, a choice between those two things and I don't want to choose those things. So in, t- in my kind of world, it's, it's, yeah, Netflix is hard. I'm definitely challenged. But I'm definitely comfortable mm-hmm. at the exact same time. I can definitely do a yeah. lot of work in a shorter period of time. So it's kind of a, 
it's a unique balance that I know that, you know, my eight-year-old's going to be eight for just a little bit longer, and he'll be 16 next year. And the next thing I know, I, yeah. you know, all my kids are gone. And I'm like, ah, you know, startup Fubaz Bar did not give me anything really meaningful. And the loss of the time with my kids took something meaningful. So that's kind of like yeah. my current filter, which is probably going to be okay. different in 10 years. You ask me in 10 years, it'll be different because my kids will probably yeah. think I'm stupid because <laughs> they're all teenagers. And I'll be like, well, I guess I'll just work now, you know? Teenage phase. <laughs> Teenage yeah. phase. Awful. Yeah. I want to get to that point, I think, where I can have like that balance. Like I'm really lucky I, like right now because mm. I don't have kids yet. I want them someday. But I want to get to that point where you can have that good balance. And yeah. what I also really like about you is that you have your own thing. Like you have this. And so as much as I want to become a better programmer and work at a good company and like produce value, I really want something of my own as well. And I think that's why I've been trying to blog. I just want something that's mine, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because ultimately I don't think we're purely meant to just like come in, fulfill something and then leave. Right. Like, I mean, just even thinking through human experience, most people had, you know, throughout history had something in which they like tilled their own ground. They did their own thing. Uh, it was just a yeah. different experience than just simply being this atomized individual that only sees a small part of a company and doing something versus doing something for yourself. I think there's a there's yeah. probably a deep natural call in there. That's just it just makes sense that everyone wants that. At least I yeah, want that totally. too. <laughs> you yeah. know. <laughs> Me too. All right. So now yeah. we've gotten through kind of the career and all that, and you've already dropped some pretty yeah. spicy takes from the Twitter. I have, uh, I'm trying to drop all my spicy takes because I'm usually quite like reserved on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then when we talked about the show, I was like, I should just go on and just like say all of my like really bad opinions that people are going to yell at me for. It sounds fun. It sounds like the thing to do on Prime stream. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the, my stream is like the cancelable stream. Everything else in my life yeah. is a little bit more clean, but this one is probably my most <laughs> risky thing. In fact, there's someone that it works is. at Netflix right there, Denzel. Uh, careful, careful. Um, oh, okay. I'm gonna take it all back. <laughs> take it all so, back. Someone said this is your one true opportunity to get canceled forever. Exactly. And I'm like ready for it. I've yeah. waited my life, all my life for this. I have, I've received several angry, you know, messages before. So don't worry. No matter how much <laughs> they try to cancel you, you just can ignore them and it goes away. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, it's hard because like, we, we don't have to rant on this too much, but there's certain things on Twitter that are so silly, like saying you know, don't learn to code on weekends. Like there are people actively telling junior developers yeah. on Twitter, like you don't need to code on the weekends. And it's like, I guarantee every senior developer who is saying that now in this very virtuous signally way, like they were at one point spending yeah. all their weekends coding. So like, I get it. You don't want to get burnt out, but it's like such a silly world that Twitter is like our main tech community for me before Twitch. And yet there are all of these like funny things that people will like get mad at yeah. you for saying. So let's keep on going Someone on that one. So it's just the idea that you shouldn't work all weekend. Yeah, but it's also it kind of bleeds into also like you don't need to code all the time. And it's like, that's true. But like, what's wrong with doing something that you really love? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Go on. Go on. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I actually do want to click on that because I was just I, I, I was just listening to something. I think Jordan Peterson said this, which is like, get good at something. It doesn't matter what it is. Just get good at it. Get so good at it yeah. that you become the best at it. Like that should be a goal. That should be something we should strive for. It helps give you meaning. And when I hear things like only do this for 40 hours a week or X hours a week, 38, I see now there's studies saying we should only do it for 20 hours a week, whatever, you know, whatever the amount of hours they say you're doing it. I don't really read it as some sort of time restriction. What I'm really reading it as is you need to try this hard, right? That yeah. is, a, this is an acceptable amount of try. And once you've hurdled whatever that try is, just do anything else. You know, this, this thing you just don't need to care too much about. 
And I yeah. feel like that's really hard. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking of you and your story so far. Like, I don't know if you would have been nearly as successful taking that advice. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think a lot of people, like I have friends of mine, girlfriends that are joining, uh, trying to get into programming and they're joining tech Twitter and they're hearing a lot of these messages. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know if you should, you know, follow some of those things. And that's what I like about your channel. Like you have a lot of good authentic things on just like do the work basically not saying kill yourself but like you said how do you get good at this thing and do this skill yeah yeah i actually i love jordan peterson actually i've watched a bunch of his clips recently fell down the rabbit hole but um, yeah. i saw that one too i know i like that one it just it's a very it's a very solid take which is just i feel it's definitely a lost art in this current moment which is you have like especially i think this may be more of an american kind of viewpoint uh, just because, you know, whenever you have too much opportunity, as we were talking about earlier, you waste mm -hmm. time when you have a lot of time uh, yeah. that since we have it so good in a sense that if you compare us to, say, places in Europe where the pay isn't as good, jobs are much more competitive, they require four year degrees or you do that with India as well. And you have to have just the right school or else you're not even going to get anything. Uh, perhaps yeah. a lot of this comes from the, you know, this unmet or this expectation that we think things should just be easy. And instead, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people that are going to put in three times the effort. And in the next decade, you think people that are doing 30 hours a week are going to be nearly as hireable as the person that just yeah. just crushed it. Like, it's just can't be it can't be the case. Right. You're going to self-select yourself right out. So if you can yeah, say exactly. one piece of advice yeah. to people who are listening to that, how do you fashion it in such a way to not kill yourself? Like, how do you know you're not killing yourself? How do you kind of say it in the most condensed way? If you were to tweet yeah. this, oh, I feel like I'm still figuring it out. I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but the I feel like the one thing that has helped me is that if I am coding on the weekends, do something that feels really fun and not too stressful, right? Yeah. Um, and so I get that you do have to work on the weekends sometimes, depending on your company. But I feel like if I like I'll wake up tomorrow and if I do like three or four hours of a fun side project. Even though I was coding on the weekend, I don't feel like I'm good burnt out come Monday because it was like a fun yeah. project. And that's how your stream feels to me. It feels like this isn't something that like burns you out. It seems like yeah. this is something that gives you energy. Yeah. But I mean, that's tough. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Um, what do you think? I, I, I think that's I think your answer nailed it, which is, you know, really, it just comes down to the difference between forced to do something versus creatively exploring something. If you can balance those two yeah. things well. I think you'll never feel like you're burning out. Whereas the forced to do something, I'm going to learn how to prove the pigeonhole theorem, right? Like you're just going to, you know, <laughs> setting these, these things out are just going to make you feel tired and exhausted, not fulfilled or satisfied, should you say? Yeah. But uh, I, have a, I have a question for you, if okay. I can. So I have a bunch of time on the weekends. Um, I kind of told you my goals. Like, what do you think you would do if you were me? I'm just trying to get some free mentorship from this stream now. But what do you think you would do if you were me? It's kind of a vague question, but it is a vague question. Like, um, but with, I, I, with I have my learning goals. I mean, so if I were to put myself back to where I was, uh, one thing I did is I tried to start uh, companies, did startups. I, I do think that that is a really good thing um, yeah. to do because it, it puts you in more of a mindset than just programming, right? You have to build something, but you have to build something to be practical, to be useful for other people. You have to go and get people's feedback. You have to just do stuff differently. You have to touch every part of the product, right? Like I'm now writing mm -hmm. database queries. I'm building a schema for these tables. I'm now building, you know, like it just forces you to see everything. And I feel like that helped me a lot because I was working, you know, the nine to five job, but then I was also mm -hmm. building these side projects on the other, you know, on the side, trying to build something. 
I feel like that is a really great initial use of my time because it just made it easier for me to talk about stuff for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Okay. I don't know. Just that, yeah, that totally makes sense. For me, okay. I think that's great. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. And that's if you're uh, in the, it depends on what you're trying to learn, right? Because that's like, I want to know where I want to be, right? Because you're going to get exposed yeah. to everything. But if you're doing, I just want to, you know, I just want to get better. Well, then it comes down to identifying what you're bad at and practicing, right? That's like yeah. different, right? It's like, do you want to go play a new sport or do you want to go to basketball practice where you're going to do a spider dribble over and over again for <laughs> a half an hour, right? They're different. They're very different yeah. kind of ways you approach it. So for me, it was building, building something yeah. that people wanted to use. Time in the saddle. <laughs> and no one actually used the things I built. I thought they were great ideas, but you know, it just, it, whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. Next Twitter, very, very hot take. Uh, we should go through a couple of these hot takes because I actually do want to hear yeah, it sounds fun. Some, some more of your opinions. Um, I would love that. I was actually thinking, I love your TikTok reactions where you react to cringy TikTok. And I was almost thinking I wanted to come on here and just be the embodiment of like every cringy TikTok mm. and give the most like generic TikTok answers. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, go on. Go I on. am <laughs> so happy that that didn't happen because I just go on. Oh, I can yeah. feel it from here. How many followers can I make you lose just from me coming on and being <laughs> just like the most cringy TikTok version of a program? I would definitely tip my fedora to that one. I would be very, very impressed with that. Yeah, you would like hate me, but you would respect me. At the same but time, anyway, I couldn't anyway. help but to respect you. Um, all right. So yeah. I did. I mean, I have looked at a lot of them. Uh, another one, which is path to senior. What do you think is the best way to become a senior engineer? And are because I don't I don't know if you are there yeah. or not. Based on your work history, senior, I assume you're two and a so half I years like in. I can't answer three years that question in? yet. Oh, but come on. Um, yeah, what, like what's your path years in? Yeah. What do you think? What do you, what so, do you think is the best way? Because you're doing it right now. You're actively doing something to become a senior engineer, right? I assume so. And you, yeah. I assume you just think it's purely not like at five years, I become senior. So what are your steps that you think? Yeah. Well, I see so many people that are like, some people are three years in and they were promoted to senior and some people are seven. And so... The only thing I really got right now, and I'm open to suggestions, but I feel like the main thing is just becoming much better at building as the first step. And people say all these other things, like become a better communicator and take the lead on projects. But I think that's my number one, like actionable step I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many people in this chat are like are senior or not, but that's the one like concrete step I have, which is like building more things, getting out of my comfort zone um, when I can on the weekends and stuff like that. That's my, that's my thing. All right, hold what do you on. Think? I am going to start the poll right here. I actually, I am curious what what level people yeah. are at it. So I just started a new poll. Hey, do do a vote wherever that voting <laughs> thing's at. It seems like you have a lot of senior developers who are following you. It's more From senior than so I was far. than I was uh, led on to initially believe because I I just assume <laughs> that everyone in here is uh, about a twenty one year old idiot. But it turns out there's <laughs> actually smart people in here, except for Trash Dev. They're very very smart in here. <laughs> very impressed. Oh, uh, I love Trash Dev. I've also been binging his channel after I found yours. So nice. good. He's a so he's good. a good guy to listen to. I like Trash. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. Uh, I wish I had that name, like Trash Dev. Like that should be my my username, but oh well, it's taken. Yeah, he he sets the bar and then he can hop over the bar. It's one of the best ways to do things. Cause if you set yourself to be <laughs> awesome and then you don't perform, people look down on you. But if you set yourself to be terrible and then you hop it, oh man, you're crushing it. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I should put trash in my username somehow. I there we know. go. All right. Work so looking it. looking at this, we have apparently eight people are staff engineers. Uh, 39 are senior. 42 are okay. junior. 62 are mid. And everybody else didn't uh, vote because okay. it's kind of 
kind of oh, weak that you didn't vote. I mean, there's a lot I of you here. I forgot all the numbers as soon as you said that. Yeah, I know. I yeah, forgot them all immediately. Okay. Yeah, less than less than 20% of the people voted. I'm kind of disappointed in that. But we okay. want to see your votes. So, so as far as transitioning to senior, I think that's interesting because how do you improve your communication? How do you know that you're improving your communication or these things? I find that people say this as like the number one thing to do, but no one really talks explicitly about how do you really improve your communication? Yeah. Uh, I found that my, my personal, I think the best ways I've, I've found to improve my communication is when I see something in somebody that I think is destructive or bad or just not good for the company or they didn't put their best foot forward, I try to talk to them about it. And I find that because that's like mm -hmm. a super hard talk to have. Um, I remember I was mentoring a kid in college and he would take more food than technically is allowed from the, uh, the lunch hall. Right, like totally benign, you know, people, most people be like, whatever. But I'm like, okay, yeah. hey, you wanted to be mentored. You know, following the little rules makes a big difference in your life. Like you're only taking it because you think you deserve more, right? And like, so I had okay. this like sit down, think about how I'm going to say this and really give them some hard feedback. And I always found that that type of stuff is a really great way to grow in communication because it's, it's something that most people are going to avoid. They're going to give you what uh, we call a shit sandwich at Netflix. Like all these nice compliments, everything's great. By the way, you're a piece of shit, but don't worry, everything's great. We really, really like what you do, right? Like these things where yeah. people give these really windy ways to tell you you're doing something bad. And yeah. so just practicing so that. I don't so know. So follow the little rules too, it sounded like you said. Follow the I've little rules. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I could totally see that. It's just, you know, because okay. of course everyone thinks they're going to be, you know, they're going to do the right thing in the big situations. But I mean, if you're just mm -hmm. not doing the right things in the little situations, when it really counts, how many people go, ah, well, it's easier just to say a lie, right? Like, I don't want to have to yeah. risk my job. I don't have to risk this. I don't have to do that. Where it's like, well, actually, I mean, it's probably just a sign you were never that faithful in the easy things. Honestly, that's my personal. That's a yeah. hot take, by the way. That's a real hot that's take. That's a good one. <laughs> I like it. All the hot takes. Thank Someone you. said the best seniors are on Jira all the time. That is, I think that is one of my uh, fears, though, because the seniors that I work with, they don't get to code as much. And so mm -hmm. I'm always just like, I don't want to be a senior. You know, I think there's <laughs> just a couple different ways. Yeah. So what, what yeah, do you think ways, leads yeah. to someone being constantly going into that? Like, do you think that that's an organizational issue? Why are all the seniors on Jira? Tell me more about that. Why is that happening? I have no idea. Like, well, maybe it's a... I know that they have to start, you have to start mentoring people as a senior developer normally, right? Because you have a lot of knowledge to share. And then you have to take over more of a leadership role. It seems like I've worked at smaller startups too, when they're kind of, your tech lead is like shadow, your senior dev is shadowing as your tech lead, mm -hmm. um, which maybe is not always the case. But I don't know though. I, I don't know why that's happening. It seems like an issue. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I hear those things, it sounds like, uh, you know, in some sense, I feel like it's almost dysfunctional, right? You have this one person almost playing project manager. When it's just mm -hmm. like, well, you know, why aren't more people just trying to project manage their own things and like have, you know, you know, have people kind of come together, right? It just, it feels always a little funny when I see all the people who you would expect to be producing good code and focused more on the code and kind of helping push the project along are just yeah. playing project manager and just helping the, you know, people that are lower to move things slower. I always find that a kind of a yeah. weird thing. And I see it sometimes. I saw it at my previous company. I never see it at Netflix. Netflix is like the polar opposite. It's like all the senior people are producing enormous amounts of code. 
And then I feel like sometimes we're pretty bad at like docs and all that. And so there's a lot of tribal communication or tribal knowledge and all that. So, it's, you know, it has its own problems okay. as well, but it's, yeah. it's unique. It's different. That sounds great. Not the docs part, but just writing a bunch of code as a senior still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that you said, and I think this can definitely help you become a senior or just be a better programmer in general. You made this YouTube video um, like a month ago, I think, where you were like, actually, don't Google things. So like the common advice for programmers is if you don't know something, Google it, like get good at Googling. And there's all these yeah. jokes, like Googling is half the job. And then you made this really great video about actually don't Google things because you actually have to kind of sit in the problem and maybe figure things out. And I've been doing that for the last month and it is oh, like chef's kiss. It's such good advice because I'm sitting down all the time now. And instead of Googling something, I'm like, wait, I actually can learn. I will actually learn this if I don't Google it. Mm -hmm. And then I won't have to Google anymore because it's in my head. So you Google just like any any little thing uh, or maybe something bigger. And then it as I've been like sitting in not Googling, I'm learning so much more. Like I, I honestly feel like it was a disservice for me to have been Googling for my whole career. I think this is the way to go. So I Dang. completely agree with that. As I've been practicing it, I'm like, God damn it. Why did I why did I Google so much? Like I could have been actually learning this shit. And so I wouldn't need to go to Google. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is a very antithesis of, of the Twitter days right now, which is every joke is 90% Googling, 10% yeah. cutting and pasting. Uh, so, so you've been doing it for a month. What are some of the things, give us some actionable things you've like, you've taken away. Do you have anything that you can recall off the top of your head? Uh, things I like learned. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. One of them I'm always Googling is like, um, this seems like I should, I should know this one already, but just like CSS positions and like making sure I'm absolutely positioning something. I would always just like go Google it. And then I just took like literally 45 minutes to learn it. And now I can like go position anything. That's just like a little example when I was like, yeah. I'm always going to Google this. CSS isn't my favorite thing always too. Um, but then I took the time to learn that it took like 40 minutes and now I can just go position anything I want. Like I absolutely know how it works now. Absolutely. No. Haha. <laughs> but yeah, pretty good. Uh, that was like one little example where I'm just like, wow, you had the example of like centering a div. I know I gave a, a very just learning that it, it's just, you know, I gave obviously a poor example where with no CSS, <laughs> but nonetheless, it was, it was meant to be like, you can just solve anything. Like anything yeah. can be solved. You just put the pieces you already know. And then yeah. you can look up better solutions as the time is needed. Yeah, absolutely. I also feel like it's um, a memory problem too. So I use one thing I've been doing as I've been learning is I've been using like Anki or I use the site called Execute Program uh, where it's like you learn like programming fun fundamentals and then you actually have flashcards on your phone. So I like wake up with my coffee and then you go over the flashcards. So it actually like sits in your memory much better. That's helped me too a lot because I feel like I would forget things. Like so JavaScript arrays, like memorizing the arrays and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been helpful. All right, wait, hold on. What's the name of that? I've never even heard of this thing. Would you call it uh, executeprogram.com? And the idea is like you take things, they have one on, uh, uh, what is it, regex that I want to do and they have like all of these random ones that you can go through and uh. then they'll send you like flashcards for months on end so it like sticks in your brain better. Uh, I think it's called spaced repetition. There's there's articles on this on how we really do forget a bunch of things, but you can actually train your brain to remember like a deck of cards if you want. It's all a matter of like practicing. This kind of goes into me trying to figure out like how do I become good at my craft? Yeah. And so this is one of those things I read about where I was like, oh, this could be a superpower. Just like memorizing some stuff. You yeah. know, I, I find it shocking that people don't do this more. Right? Like, I mean, if you really think about like when you're in the flow of programming, like when you can just do it right without looking up anything, there's like kind of this 
it's like this really fun feel where you see the path ahead of you. It's a matter of just how fast can you get it out of your brain onto the editor. And there's, I, I don't yeah. know, I love that feeling. Like, I love that those moments because I don't get interrupted by all the other things, right? I forget Slack exists. I forget everything. And I just, I just get a program. And that's really cool to be able to express yourself. But then the moment I have to start Googling a bunch and all that, all of a sudden it's just like, you know, it starts to, it starts <laughs> to tank. And then, you know, then it's like really, really slow. And it just, there's something yeah. about that, that create more flow state, right? How do you avoid yeah. breaking the flow state? Yeah, that's a good one. I've thought about that a lot. Uh, I've, I've read a lot of books on trying to get into your flow state. Um, I know there's this one book that was like kind of famous uh, and parts of it have been debunked, but I feel like it's generally a good book. It was that book Deep Work by Cal Newport. And he was talking about how, like, say if you're programming and then you go and you like check your email or check your text real quick. Um, he talks about how when you go back into your flow state, like part of your attention is still going to be on that old email for like, yeah. he says, roughly 20 minutes afterwards. So like when you're working and I'm coding, it might seem like nothing to like go and DM you really quickly. But then part of your attention is like fractured now and you're not fully focused on what you were doing and it takes some time to come back. So like we think it's nothing to go and um, click on something, but it can break you out. I guess the yeah. exception would be like your stream because you're coding and you're seeing the people talking to you, but you keep on going pretty fast. So yeah, it's a little different, different because it's, it's part of the stuff, you know, like if you had a live chat and your live chat was talking about the thing you're working on, is yeah. that as distracting, right? That's, it's just less distracting. Like if you and your coworkers were talking about what you're building and you're all building, I think you can kind of get into the same flow state because you're working with each other as opposed to like, yeah. I'm going to go answer an email because, you know, someone doesn't know how, where the documentation is, right? Like that's a, that's a full, you know, brain shift. <laughs> that's so true. It seems much different. Like people are helping you and giving you advice. Yeah. And when I stream so far, I think the biggest thing and trash dev told me that this might happen is when I'm streaming, I can't really fake any of my knowledge. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you're coding and you're like, oh, I'll go on Stack Overflow and, and grab this. I mean, I've never personally done that, but others have maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, you can't really fake it when you're streaming. You can't like fake your knowledge. You either know the thing or not. And so that's another thing I really like about streaming so far. It's kind of like a tangential thing to say, but. Yeah, no, no, no I, I, I get that. All right, so I'm pretty sure that if, if this, if this, you're fine with this interview going out because I mean, working for free working on the weekends don't google as much i mean these are these are some pretty hot these are some pretty uh, memorize actually just memorize things instead of relying on it so okay hon yeah have you used google copilot or google uh microsoft uh, one of the devils uh microsoft copilot uh have you used that um i tried it like once and mm -hmm. I haven't really used it, but then I saw your take on it and I lost all motivation. Maybe I'm just listening to you way too much. You're going to yeah. lead me astray. I don't know. Be careful. But I saw careful. you talking about like, it's just going to, and I was like, why would I, why would I do that to myself when I'm at the point where I'm not Googling? So yeah. I'm on the fence now. Okay. You're on the fence now. Do, do you think that, uh, do you think that it's going to be a valid tool in your life in the next little bit? Like, do you feel like uh, to keep up with programmers at some point, will we all adopt something yeah. that programs for us? Maybe for a lot of boilerplate stuff, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's, what do you think? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know because, you know, I do some boilerplate stuff, but I almost feel like, you know, I, I don't know if you've used a snippet engine, but I feel like I just need to lean more into that, right? Something that kind of builds the class, builds the, you know, just builds the functions and builds more code for me, but that's all very boilerplate -y code 
versus yeah. actually thinking through something. Because I always find that when I use something like Copilot, it's telling me what the program, and then I have to review what it does, take one step, review what it does. It's kind of like the inverse inversion of what like a code review is, where it's like I hand yeah. code for someone else to look at. Instead, it's handing me, I'm code reviewing the whole time as opposed to creating. I don't know if I'd be hmm. very happy on the inside with that either. I don't know how much, <laughs> I, you know, how much I'd actually enjoy it. Yeah. So you don't use Copilot at all right now, right? No, no. I okay. lightly use Tab yeah. 9, but Tab 9 is just not as good when it comes to Vim. Uh, okay. But it, it seems to do pretty good on boilerplate stuff. Like if I have a bunch of like point X, you know, like if you have like a point, you have two points you want to compare. So it's like P1.X comma, then it's going to be like P2.X, P1.Y, P2.Y. Like it kind of guesses mm-hmm. boilerplate. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. I, that's, that's what I want. Versus like, yeah. here's how you do quicksort. Maybe, you know, I don't want the robots always telling me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell the robots what to do. I don't want them to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we are at our hour mark. It is dev hour, so it is time to say goodbye. Awesome. Goodbye to everybody. It went by so fast. I know. It went by really, really fast. Hey, I had a lot of fun. I hope <laughs> that you had a lot of fun. Uh, this was I really, really good. I had a really great good. time. Yeah. I hope I canceled myself enough with hot takes, but I don't know. I, th- I think we will. I think we'll have a good old-fashioned canceling, and we'll laugh. <laughs> laugh in full-time employment at it um so if if you could give one more little sweet piece of advice especially to those who are trying to go through uh this whole building building or doing things yourself uh not going through college trying to land that first job trying to land that second job what are some things that if you could kind of sum it up what are some things you would just tell them to keep an eye on uh definitely getting creative like i said not saying you have to work for free but fi- like thinking outside the box not just applying for jobs like getting really scrappy as scrappy as you can because it's it's even more competitive today to get a job and to learn to code there's so many people doing it so just try to be scrappy as you can um and then i think it's what you always say like time in the saddle like i wish i had done that more as i was learning mm-hmm. like more time just literally in the in your code editor like no tutorial no, no, nothing. Just actually building and having those really painful moments when you're not knowing stuff. So yeah, all right. up, but yeah. Well, thank you a lot for so being much. a part of this. Everyone, it seems like people are giving you a nickname in chat, Kana Trash or Trash Kana. You I get love to try it. To choose. You get you. to choose that way. You know, you get a Kana, Kana, Kana Montana. Montana. That's beautiful. I think That's it's the blonde hair. Yeah. That's but, a good one.